right, all you worship leaders. And by the way, if you have an assistant worship leader, get them on the phone. They should be here. We talked yesterday about it. Daniel didn't say anything about it, but um, this is really just some special attention. I'm going to do a little worship. We're going to do Q&A, do some prayer because you're important to Jesus. What? <laughs> you guys are awful quiet. You just ate, man. I said you're important to Jesus. That's my tuner is on. What I'm going to do is teach a song, God of the Redeemed. And I'm, for once, I'm not going to have you stand up. You can just relax for a minute. No, you don't have to stand up. You can sit down. That's what I'm saying. It's not a standing marathon. Uh, Jesus Culture just put this out. How do you resource your songs? Go online, uh, Jesus Culture, IHOP in Kansas City. They have incredible stuff. You need to start, just go, go underground, look for song. I mean, look for stuff that fits your church culture and stuff. Uh, it's a huge deal. There's not one site to go to to do it. But anyway, you're going to love this song. We belong to you, Father. Love has come. We're orphans no longer brought into your light and freedom by the blood. And the mercy of Jesus stood again. We belong to you, Father, and love has come. We're orphans no longer brought into your life and freedom, God, by your blood. And the mercy of Jesus, yeah, yeah. it's rising, it's rising, a song of hope from us set free. It's rising, it's rising, it's rising up, yeah. It's rising, it's rising, a song of hope from us set free. It's rising, it's rising. It's rising up, yeah, yeah, hallelujah, to you, God of the redeemed, hallelujah, you've opened blinded eyes to see, we will praise you, you are the everlasting light, hallelujah. Let's join that chorus together. Hallelujah. To you, God of the reading. Hallelujah. You've opened blinded eyes to see. And we will praise you. Yeah. You are the everlasting light. Your glory and honor here on earth Just as in heaven we are sure in 
of your kingdom yeah, yeah. It's rising, it's rising A song of hope from us set free It's rising, it's rising It's rising up, yeah It's rising, it's rising A song of hope from us set free It's rising, it's rising rising up. Come on now, stand to your feet. Here we go. Hallelujah to you, God of the reading. Hallelujah. You've opened blinded eyes to see and we will praise you. You are the everlasting light. Presence, God. Here we go. Put your papers down. Come on out to the front again. We're going to get shoulder to shoulder. 
couple things we want to release this after this is worship leaders and their assistants something I found legal to pray over the last 25 years is increase the understanding of your anointing and increase the flow of your anointing out of my life so in a few minutes for you beautiful worship leading people we're going to pray we may not get it to it tonight so right now the greatest thing I found at the end of seminars, 3 or 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, pray that we'd have an understanding of how His anointing works and increase the flow of it. That's all ego. Especially in light of what Daniel's been teaching. We're not on the dark side of the moon anymore. I'm not waiting for the glory cloud to show up. There's something in you. There's something in me. There's something in you. Something new. It's the glory of the Lord. What's in you is the hope of glory. Who's in you is the hope of glory. Right here, right now. What's in you? What's in you is the hope of glory. What's in me, God? What's in me is the hope of glory. It's your presence and your spirit, God. Who's in me is the hope of glory. What in you, Lord, yeah. What's in me is the hope of glory. It's your presence, God, and your Holy Spirit. Who's in me is the hope of glory. Now lift your hands and sing, yeah, how we love you, Lord, yeah. Come on, find your song. I know it's been a couple days, but find that little song in your heart of love. You want to sing to the Savior right now. What's in me is the hope of glory. You gotta come on, sing it. Deeper, wider, higher, and longer. Deeper and higher. In your anointing flow, yeah. Deeper, higher, and longer. Deeper and wider. In 
talking about the anointing rain, the anointing that's in you, the anointing, the anointing, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's who in me, it's the hope of glory. Who's in me, the hope of glory. What's in me, it's the hope of glory. The presence of a holy God. What's in me, it's the hope of glory. Who's in me, it's the hope. You guys are getting it. Come on now. Hey! What's in me, Lord? Well, it's what's in me, you're the hope of glory. Who's in me, it's the hope of glory. What's in me, it's the hope of glory. All the days of my life, yeah, what's in me, it's the hope of glory. Who's in me? It's the hope of glory. What's in me? The hope of glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeper and wider, higher and longer, deeper and higher. In your anointing flow, you gotta come on. Deeper and hear this and we'll start praying for the increase, the understanding, a greater understanding of how the presence works, but also increase the flow of the anointing. So three names, the anointing of the psalmist is mentioned one time in the Bible. David was called the sweet psalmist of Israel. It means the singers of love songs to God. How many of you are psalmists in this room? Remember years ago, Daniel, Janny cried, called, appointed, and anointed, dude. <laughs> she came to... <laughs> it's messed up, but it's, it's too long ago. Okay, but it's still the truth. We're called, anointed, and appointed for sure. So everybody say psalmist. I love to sing love songs to you, Jesus. I love to sing. Love songs to you, Jesus. Yeah, I love to sing. Love songs to you, Jesus. I love to sing. Love songs to you, Lord. Everybody say psalmist. Say it again, psalmist. The one that loves to sing songs to the Lord. Elisha said, call for a minstrel that I might prophesy, bro. So what? He was not having a good day. The king of Israel, Joram, showed up. They were stuck out in the wilderness with their, in the war. And he did some foolish things. And actually, I want to tell you the truth. Elisha, the book of Hebrews says the prophets are of like passions and emotions. Because what happened is that uh, he said, is there a prophet in the land? They said, oh yeah, Elisha, the son of Shaphat. And they got over there and king of Israel with uh, King Jehoshaphat. There's one other guy there. I forget his name now. But when he walked into Elisha's presence, Elisha goes, what are you doing here, boy? He said, why don't you go to the false prophets of your mom, the king of Israel's mom and dad. Joram's mom and dad had gone to false prophets and he knew it. He said, I'm not giving you a word, dude. Get out. I shouldn't. He said, if it wasn't for my friend, King Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you or see you. 
you can check this out. I mean, it was hardcore. He was not happy. He said, but call for a minstrel that I might prophesy. Really, from that, Elisha, you said, yeah, well, I'm going to cut him a break today. And they called for the minstrel, even though Elisha had steam coming out of his ears. Because minstrels touch the strings of the instruments and release the atmospheres of the glory of the Lord. I said that's what minstrels do, yeah, yeah. We touch the strings of an instrument. We touch the keys of an instrument. And guess what? We start releasing the atmospheres of the presence of a holy God. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. We are minstrels for unto you, yeah. We say yes, Lord. for you and your glory we say yes yes, we are minstrels unto you as good as that is say it with me psalmist minstrels the highest things ever known to man worshipers say it worshipers I know I'm at least these three things. Get out of the way. I'm coming through. I'm going to be psalming it, man. I'm going to be singing songs. Don't get in my way on the wrong day. I'm going to be playing, touching this tree. And then worship her, the woman at the well. Oh, is there ever a DVD when you get to heaven that you want to check out a super blockbuster? What if they had a super blockbuster in heaven? I mean, is there any Bible account you got so into it you go... I want to see that. How, how did that happen? I want to see when King Jehoshaphat said, hey, singers and musicians, worshipers, come over here with me for a minute. Yes, King Jehoshaphat. I want to put you in front of the shields, the spears, and the swords. I don't think so, King Jehoshaphat. <laughs> come on, let's get real about that, man. I, I'm like Asaph, Haman, or Idjuthun. You know, I'm going... King, I, I, let's take five minutes, okay? Five minute time out. Are you sure you're hearing from the Lord? You're putting us in front. They sang, The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That's what they did. They sang, The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And the army started freaking out. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Forever and ever. Sing it out, yeah. Because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. You know what's right? For 
guys know the end of the story? And when they came to the top of the hill, the two armies that turned on the one killed them to a man, and the two armies that fought together killed each other to a man. It took them days to collect the spoil. Everybody say, worshipers. Back to the woman at the well. And Jesus said, would you give me to drink? Oh, he asked her a question. She goes, sir, you have no ladle or a bucket to draw with. This is John 4. Just think if you got the answer to the pop quiz from Jesus that day. What if you would have been the woman at the well? well? First of all, she's Samaritan, and Jesus is a Jew, so she goes, I can't believe you're even talking to me, buddy, because I'm half Jew and Gentile. We don't, they didn't relay. Prejudice was what's well, been around forever. She goes, well, you have nothing to draw with. He said, if you would have asked me, I would have given you water that you'd never thirst again. He says, would you go call your husband? You know what she did? Jesus was prophetically reading her mail right there on the spot. John 4, 16 through 24. Could you imagine? I just want to see the love that was in Jesus' eyes. Hey, go call your husband. She goes, well, I have none. And he says, well, you've said correctly because you've had five. And the man you're with now is not your husband. And what did she do? Now think with me for just a minute because we're going to start praying about increased flow of the anointing. She turned the topic under the heat of a prophetic reading your mail from Jesus to the most religious topic she could, the most spiritual thing, she turned it to worship. Look what she did. And, and I mean, if you study this out, she goes, well, where do you say we should worship? Wait a minute, what does that have to do with what your husband, dude? I mean, you just jumped over. There's no segue there on that. And he says, well, the time is coming and now it is. You're not going to worry about what mountain, Mount Moriah, Mount Zion, that you worship on. It's not a geographic area. The time is coming, and now it is. That the true worshipers, the Father is seeking those who would come and worship in truth. Take your neighbor's hand right now. We're praying increased flow of the anointing of God. This is worship leader, one o'clock hour for the worship leaders only. Praise God. Increase the flow in every vessel, God. We want to understand how your presence works. Increase the flow in our life right now, God. Increase the anointing flow in every vessel in this room. Right? Increase the flow, Lord. Increase the flow, Lord. Increase the flow, oh living God. In every vessel in this room, you got it. Increase your flow, Lord. Increase your flow, Lord. Increase the flow of your anointing. Every vessel in this room, come on. Increase the anointing flow, Lord. Increase your flow, Lord. Increase the flow of your anointing in every vessel. Do it again, increase. Increase your flow, Lord. Increase your flow, Lord. The 
Start praying for the person on either side of you, God, right now. Increase their understanding of how your presence operates, Lord. Come on, give it away. When you give it away, it's multiplied back to you. Friend, a new friend, somebody from another state, another church right now, God. This is a legal prayer to pray. Increase the flow in Marsha right now, God. I love her life. I get it, God. Something's happening in the spirit realm right now. Keep flowing in that. Increase, 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 God, right now. Every vessel for your glory, God. Keep going, my God. Every vessel for your glory, Lord. That's got power on it. The juice. Every vessel for your glory, God. You increase the flow. Greater things. Greater things. Yeah. As you go back to your churches. You're creating a greater realm of the anointing. A greater realm of flowing in the anointing is coming over you right now.
going out right now. It's going out in the spirit. Freedom in my city, yeah. Freedom in my city, yeah. Freedom in my church. Somebody shout hallelujah. your neighbor and say, dude, I told you you're a huge history maker. Kaysen? Kaysen is a huge history maker. Ashley? Marsha? They're huge. Now I want you to make your way back to your seat. Stay up close. Stay up close to the front. What are you doing, Dan? Mess the Amstutz man up for a minute, man. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. That's where we're headed. 15 to 19, before I got saved, the darkest years of my life. I understand teen suicide. Spirit of depression visited my house and stayed for four years. This is my testimony. I was a lead singer in a band, dude. I was in a huge, cool group. Girls liked me. I'm telling you the truth straight up. And then I was a high-level athlete in basketball and baseball. But I would go home, even though I was super cool at high school, Rittner High School, Overland, Missouri. I tell you what happened. Spirit of depression got on me. He's trying to take my life. Before the light of the Lord and my scrawny little vocal cords. You ever seen vocal cords scoped? It's nasty looking, man. It's, it's not, I mean, it's the inside of your body, but think of the beautiful notes. He mixes it with his anointing and you sing out stuff and people got, get healed. I remember I get notes like Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans. I had two prophetic songs. These were, I did a national worship conference for eight years. We produced, we pulled up an 18 wheeler at Life Christian Center in St. Louis. This guy had, well, back in the day, MCI 24 track machines, as we analog before digital. And we, we would record f- all four days of the worship conference. They were really, really live worship albums. Some of that integrity stuff would say, you, you guys are borderline on that right there. They brought a choir in later and called it live. I go, not really. Okay. <laughs> See, people tracking with me right now. They know you can't tell them the truth. That's right. <laughs> That's right, I am. So the bottom line is that Jesus saved Kenty boys little life. I will never turn back. My ref school students, we have a worship leading school that we ran for four years and we put it on a hiatus to build our prayer room at our church in St. Louis, the leadership. But they said, Ken, how come you never backslid? That's a good question. If you're 18, looking at a guy that's teaching you stuff. And I said, check it out. If I ever went back out, I'd be a thousand times worse. I ain't trying it. I ain't going back. I'll be, I was a good sinner. I'm not proud of it now, but I'm telling you, you don't want to do that. No, no, Jesus, I'm waiting for the minute that I slide out of my body. This is so real to me. Or he comes back and we're glory. We're worshiping the son of God, the lamb of God who came back as a lion. I go, Jesus, I just want to kiss you on the cheek one time. Is that okay? I'm just like a little boy because you saved my life. 
And then where you're going and releasing, as Marsha was teaching, the pure worship in Psalm 24, who can ascend the hill of the Lord, Jack? Who can stand in his holy place? It was to be answered. It was a question in Psalm 24. It said, clean hands. and a. He didn't say it couldn't be done. We've ascended the hill. Lord, he did it for us on the cross and stuff. So I'm very, listen, I'm having the week of my life. I, you can tell I don't enjoy this very much. So pray for me. I'll get a spirit of encouragement. Um, no, I'm a son of encouragement. I used to be a son of depression. I, I'll do this all day long. People have watched me. I've done like, well, I'm getting ready to go to the Pure Worship Institute with Jeff Dio up in Minneapolis. Yeah. And uh, he, he runs that. That's long. It starts Sunday night, goes through Friday night. I said, bro, you might want to consider cutting a day or two back. I mean, and it, it's two, 250 bucks, or three, but it's, it's awesome. But man, they say day five, aren't you tired yet? I said, no, I'm HDAD. I can do five things at once. He said, men can't do it. Oh, listen, don't talk to me about it. I got, we can go three roads at a time, whatever you want to do. But it's because of the divine energy of the Lord. And because people are being changed, I've already prayed. I've had five major divine appointments, had really nothing to do uh, with the, the teaching or me being here to do worship at a conference. It's raining again. Thank you, Lord. Praise God, dude. It's a sign in the spirit. Let it rain. Thank you, Michael W. Woo, come on, bro. I'm stealing your best stuff. I'm running with this. <laughs> You're going to have dreams about me, not nightmares, bro, but <laughs> they'll be good dreams, though. No. <laughs> oh, no. No, everybody say joy. Now, what I'm going to do briefly is I'm giving you what... It's so good. We might as well just go back to worship. Forget it. Ken who? <laughs> That's called the king of the flood, Psalm 29. He sits as the king of the deluge. We're going to have one right here. By the way, Psalm 29 is the psalm of seven thunders. It, what is, it's what his voice does when it's released. One of the primary teachings the Lord gave me through the years. He's trying to outrun me right now. It's even getting <laughs> The voice of the Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful and majestic. It's over many waters. I say, worship team, do you want something to pray? Why don't you pray that God's voice would be released in you at a higher level Sunday by Sunday. See what fire comes in your church with that right there, dude. See what happens when you release Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord. It causes the deer to give birth and it strips bare the forest. I go, God, now that's a little confusing to me. Psalm 29, the Psalm of the seven thunders of the voice of the Lord. Well, are you going to do one and then the other? He goes, no, I'm doing both at the same time. How many worship leaders remember this? Well, I was doing youth worship for a year and a half with my best friend, Ron Tucker, at Grace World Outreach, our New Covenant Fellowship. And then they wanted to promote me to the adult service on Sunday morning. I'm 21 years old. I said, don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. I don't like adults in general. I still don't if they're gnarly and snarly. You know, adults get like stale and starchy. Say No. We don't want that because teens won't come. They'll leave your church if you're that way. They'll go. That's what's happening in a lot of churches. The bottom line, I took over on Sunday morning and our church had grown from 300 to 1,000. Eventually went to 3,000. Thanks for turning it up, bro. <laughs> God said, I will outrun you, sonny boy. <laughs> I love you, Lord. Okay, I'll be quiet. No, what happened is that I'm up on Sunday morning. Oh, you love this. Have you ever you know, tried a, a Sunday morning service. I mean, you look at people and go, oh my God, I need your help, Lord. These people had a tough week. 
and they don't sit in their normal place. They sit further back, and they cross their arms and go, after the week I just had, I double dog dare you lead me in worship. Come on. And I do the fast songs so we can get their body moving. Maybe it'll help them out. I do Latin Jamaican to get them at least some. I do worship. Then I just hand off to the pastor if I have to, dude. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them. Here's what I found out. That first couple Sundays at the adult service on Sunday morning, my first charismatic church, God gave me a revelation. He said, first of all, the people sitting in the back are not your enemy. It's the spirit behind, the spirit of lethargy behind it. People are not your enemy. Sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees. But secondly, he says, Kent, while you're singing one lyric, playing one chord on your guitar, or if back then I'd be going back for a three piano and guitar. He said, if there's 800 people in the room, I can do 800 different things at the same time while you're singing one note, one lyric. Somebody say, that's good. I couldn't hear you say, that's good. Uh, on the front of this, because I want to give Daniel some time just to share his heart, tell you he loves you, we're so for you. You're, you're going to make it. You're going to do this because you're our replacements. Right, Jan? I've waited for this hour. Somebody come take my job. I told the teens to do it, and they did it. They go, well, give me a, ask me to play once in a while. No, Ariel, my youngest daughter, goes, Dad, two of my singers are sick. Can you come help me out? Do you want your dad to help you? Thank you. All right. <laughs> well, not really, but come help. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. I know you. You're in my house. No. It's, but it's all good because that, it's... Modeling, mentoring, and multiplication. So what you see on page one, I'm not going to do this. I want to do the five points on page two and three. It's just a short five, eight-minute deal because you can use this when you get back home to help train your worship teams. I'm all about it. I give out notes all the time. After ref school, I give out notes all the time. I used to do fill-in-the-blanks for them because they loved it. They said, oh, it keeps our attention. I go, are you tired of filling? No, we love it. Keep doing filling. It keeps us our, our attention. Okay, releasing the voice of the Lord. Psalm 29, I just spoke about that. The need for holy vessels, say yes. The Lord is still speaking, but he needs people that he'll flow through to do that. The third one on the bottom is you've received an anointing. Many of you in this room, the greatest thing that I've ever fought, I don't know if this is the same for Daniel or not, but the thing at worship seminars, we have this blowout Friday night, night of worship intercession. Then Saturday, I come. There's two things in the room before I start. Self, the spirit of self-doubting, and I'm really not that anointed. I have to break that every Saturday, or if I'm doing a conference, there's really, stop it. There's no spirit of self-doubting anymore. God called you to this. This scripture at the bottom of page 1, 1 John 2, 20, changed my life when I was 20 years old. You have received, any notes? Yes, or do we have some up here? Yeah, okay, we need, and if not, somebody could run. Okay, because I want you to take these. Oh, right here, thanks. This is my friend Larry from Canyon City. Praise God. The Royal Gorge Bridge. There it is. I'm going over there. Okay, cool. So here's what happened. See, everybody thinks their pastor's anointed. They think their eldership, those guest speaker, teachers, whatever. They're so anointed. Everybody's so anointed but you. Thank God. I know this was a plan of God to show me early in my life. He says, Kent, I've given you anointing. But see, the reason you think you're not anointed is because you know every little idiosyncrasy and everything that's wrong with your life. And he said, I don't care about that because I'm changing you as you're serving me. Dang, that's good right there. Don't go sit in the corner and pout. Don't put your guitar or piano down. Just keep doing Say, God, I have faith in you that you're changing my life. Whatever my little weakness, I knew them all real well, and you know them real well. So I'm telling you from Jesus straight to you, he says, but you 
have an anointing. Look at the bottom of page one. It says, you have an anointing. Say it with me. I have an anointing. Woo! Let's say it like we mean it. I have an anointing. I do have an I'm really good at what I do right now. Because if you worked at GM assembly plant up in Detroit and you put cars together for 30 years, I better be pretty good. I give all the glory to the Lord, but I'm really good at it now. But what's even better is when I pray now and I prayer lead and I sense the fire of God, but you can be good at it, give the glory to the Lord. But bro, you got an anointing. Start using it because I'll never see the people. Are you guys married? How'd you, how'd you get her to marry you, Aaron? What happened, dude? Isn't that awesome? She married you, Jack. Oh, yeah, it was him. That was so cute. Did you see him? He goes, it was him. And the good answer, bro. You scored points right there, bro. You scored points. I gave you an opening. Way to go. How long have you guys been married? Oh, let's hear it for three months. <laughs> Newlyweds at the worship conference. Awesome, man. And what church are you guys from? I heard about Heartbeat. Is that over at Mr. Biggs? That's the, that's the other one that my driver goes, what? That's Rock Family. Okay, where is that Heart? No, I know. Who's a pastor of Heartbeat? I know. I've, I've run into so many people already in two days. But uh, do you guys do worship, help with worship there? What do you do, bro? You, you work with youth? Do you lead worship at youth? Okay, are you a singer? You worship leader? And are, you do the same thing? Oh, you're a devil against the devil. He doesn't like you. But say it again. We have an anointing. And it actually goes on to say, because of the power of the Holy Spirit in you, you, you know all things. When I was, and I remember, I'm a young believer. I was raised Catholic, never read a Bible till I was 19. I wasn't spirit-filled till Easter night of 1974. So about 14 months, I was trying to read the Bible, and it wasn't working. I mean, I didn't have the author of the scriptures in me. So honest to God, I read Genesis, Exodus. I go, wow, this is getting long. I'm going to go to the back of the book and see what happens. <laughs> I was shocked. There's bowls and vials, stuff being thrown down there. They said, oh, this is worse than any drug trip I've ever been on. I better go back to the front. I did. I went back to the front. It took me a while to get to Revelation. No, I got filled with the Spirit. So, <clears throat> But I, I said, God, now look, we're at the bottom of page one. 1 John 2, 20 and 27. You have an anointing, and then it says you know all things. I'm sitting at my kitchen table at my house, and I forget it. I went, Lord, why would you put that in there? I know all things. And he answered me straight up. He goes, you know all things when you need to know them by the power of my Holy Spirit, the anointing that lives in you. <gasps> smart. You're really smart, God. Because I was thinking the translators made a mistake. I mean, yeah. No. And see, the underground church in China... Let's see, how many guest speakers are they having this year? Well, zero would be a good guess, right? Uh, how many worship, con- they're not having any. And the poor Chinese underground church pastors, all they got is their Bible and the Holy Spirit. Think about it. I'm being facetious. See, they have the Holy, they, they don't have need that any man teach them. It says, because the Holy Spirit, some of them only have the Psalms with the Proverbs and, you know, New Testament. They have that, like our 50 cent version here. And people go, oh, no, China's wide open. Hey, don't lie about it. We got, I mean, I got friends that still smuggle Bibles in there. Don't. There's secret police. They don't want, that's communist China, dude. We need to pray for it. Okay, go to the bottom of page two. There's, well, right in the middle of page two, the word Nava. I, I kind of am a specialist on prophetic worship, singing, ministry, and, uh, and music. I've done that for so many years. Nava, everybody can prophesy. Look at it. Middle of page two. 
It means to bubble up. That's the simplest definite anybody. How many of you know how to bubble up? When you ladies find a sale, what do you do with your girlfriends? You bubble up. They, I'm down here at Coles, man. Get over here. I'm down here. I mean, you, it's, it's bubble. It means to pour four sounds or words, literally in the Hebrew. So people go, see, it's another thing. If I had to go, well, you're prophetic, Kent, but I'm not. No, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. Start following the impulses that he gives you. So everybody say, Navah. It, look at it, it means to prophesy under the influence of the divine spirit. It means to bubble up. Fountains and gurgling streams, that's all I do. I just get on a keyboard to pick up a guitar. Or just, I can sing without it if I have to. Wow, we're going to bubble up for the Lord and it's going to splash out onto people. And it's so, it's cleansing rain. It's fountains of refreshing. I mean, it's so full of it. All right, we go to the bottom of page one, excuse me, page two into three. And there's five things from First Chronicles I won't do Chronicles right now, Just for, it's already 10 to 2, but I'm digging this. And I don't care if it goes a little long, because we're not on the clock right now. Lunch is done. <sighs> Rehearsal at 4, right? Okay, for tonight. <clears throat> There's five strategic things you've got to train your worship team to do. And they probably don't know, maybe two of, two of the five. First of all, you have to act. We're here to act and do what God has put in our heart to do. I think some people, I look at bass players and go, bro, are you here? Or are you someplace else, dude? Are you here right now, or are you thinking about lunch? You know, I, I mean, I might have a second keyboard player, pad player. Are you here? No, I'm really thinking about something else. I had a, my husband just yelled at me in the car in the parking lot before we got in here. Well, fix that and pray before you start. I, I say to this worship team, do you guys pray before meetings? Oh, yeah, we do. I said, do you ever think about praying after meetings because you're the friend of God and you thank him for showing up? Oh, we never did that. I said, well, start. Do it once a month. I know everybody's fellowshipping. But after church and the altar call mission, go back to the same prayer room or the pastor's office and just sit there. Make yourself, friends of God, do that stuff. See, we thank him for, God, thanks for being our friend and doing this stuff. Number one, everybody say act. Who were to prophesy, those who were to proclaim God's messages. Number two, create the base. Say it, create the base. Listen, music has its own anointing and power. God created music and the devil didn't. Now, it's misused to serve sex, serve us, serve drugs. I got that. It's been misused. Man, it's so poignant to me now. A Muzak system on an elevator at a hotel, grocery store. I mean, you guys, you're stealing God's glory. You really shouldn't do that. You don't know any better. Oh, let us help you get saved and then you can play for him. The, the music was for the glory of God. I, I am absolutely sold out to that, no problem. But I'm creating a base. I was teaching on the anointing that breaks every yoke one day at Revolution School. And we just, it was a two o'clock session. And I got going, now you're going to take control of the atmosphere with the anointing God gave you with his music and what's on the inside of you. Oh my God, three guys with about 25 kids in the class. They shot their hands and go, get women, stop. Is that legal? Can you do that? I said, they had no idea. Listen, if you invite me to come to your church, listen, you give me the structure and what time I'll be there ahead of time. I'll be rehearsed up. And when, when the 12 o'clock hour strikes, dude, we're taking control of the atmosphere. Any kind of, you know, ignorant stuff going on, the, we'll start driving stuff off. You ain't staying where the presence is. We're, we're going to get you out of your depression, out of your hard week. That's my job. I, I'm a, a singer unto the Lord. So I'm going to create a bass with the music. Like it's pretty quiet right now. The rain stopped. But if I go touch one note on the piano, psychologically, this whole place starts changing immediately. Do not overlook the power of the music. I'm creating a bass 
and we're going after the things of God, top of page three, is know the purpose. Man, worship team's got to get back to this. Some of them never knew it. Our, our, our purpose first is to minister to the Lord, not to people. Get your eyes off of the people. This is backwards. This is not the world. It's the kingdom of God. And besides, you keep looking at them, they're going to throw you off. I was down at Aldersgate United Methodist Church. I love the United Methodist Church. I still go to denominational churches. I love it. You know, I got to flame down a little bit. I got to... I just dial it down a little bit, man. I was down there. This is in college. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Stepping on your shoes. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those, bro. Praise God. Isaiah 52.7. Glory to God. Here's your prophetic word for the day. That's right, bro. Raise up caresses all over the world. Praise the Lord. Now, I was down there, and we had these explosive meetings. Authors Gate United Methodist Church is half of them are spirit-filled, and half are thinking about it. It's a bridge church. You know, it sounds funny, but they, they're trying to get in. What is this stuff you're doing? And, and it's very cool. They've gotten thousands of people in causation spirit-filled by, you know, their, the way they do their church. And so we have this blowout thing Friday night, Saturday. I get up on Sunday morning. I was doing the song Freedom Reigns in this place. And uh, I called all the young adults out before college let out. I think it was like March. We're in College Station, Texas, College Texas A&M. Was it 50 or 60,000? I mean, hundreds of kids came forward. There was about 1,500 in the meeting. And we got it. Now, we're already ripping 35 minutes into this meeting. I was going to teach after. It was like uh, the 11 o'clock. They have 9 and 11. So we're about 11.35, the best I remember. <clears throat> and I called them out. I mean, you could feel the power. We got the elders out with oil. They get it. We, I mean, kids were kind of falling somewhere, somewhere. And three older couples, I'll never forget it, tried to stare me down on the platform. Dude, you don't want to do that while I'm in the anointing. <laughs> they were saying, we don't like this. We don't have this normally at our church. We're going to be late to the buffet. I knew exactly what they were doing. You know what I did? I started staring right back at them until they looked away. I did it on purpose. All three of them sat down. At least they didn't leave. But I said, you're not doing, don't come over me with a wet blanket, day. Eh? We're doing the will of God up here. Shh. Stop. The dog whispered. <laughs> you thought it. I'm just saying it out loud. I'm old enough I can get away with it now. You can't call me to the principal's office. I got a hall pass from Jesus. So there it is. Where are you going, bro? I'm going to the Holy Spirit Library. Leave me alone. <laughs> you got a hall pass, bro? Yeah, I got one. From Jesus. See ya. <laughs> We're running in the halls a little bit for Jesus. Everybody say, know the purpose. Listen, for some reason, I thank the Lord. It's always been my focus. I think it's because I was a lead singer in a band in the world. I, I got to tell you the truth. I have never forgotten this. I had girls come up to me, and I, I, it really kind of freaked me out. I was 18, 19, right before I got saved. They're coming on big time. We're hooking it up. Let's go. You're lead singer in a band. They were mesmerized by the voice to music and, and what I was doing. And it scared me. Even right before I got saved, I'll never forget it. because. And these were, these were hot-looking girls and stuff. But I went, oh, my God. You are so mesmerized. What if I'm an axe murderer and you don't know it? It, it freaked me out. It, it was right before I got saved, and I forget it. And I had a couple girls do this to me at the end of a band set, and I said, you don't, I'm not doing that. I mean, normally you think, oh, you're just going to fall, just go do it, you know, go sleep. No. I went, you know what, I'm out. 
And, and that, that was kind of, I don't know if the Lord was dealing with my heart. I don't know how all that happens, but I forget, you know, I, I'm not doing this as unto people. I'm doing it. Everybody say, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. He comes first. Let me remind you of some of his names. He's the king of glory. He's the king of majesty. He's the king of kings. I'm getting this so strong last three years, Daniel. He said, Ken, I'm going to show you the power of my life as the crucified lamb. I had a revelation. I mean, something is lit up in me now. I went, oh, my God. I, I, I know the lamb who the lamb of God took away the sins of the world, John the Baptist. Behold. Oh, my God. The lamb of God who's coming back to the line. But he said, I'm going to begin, and demons flee at this power. And we're going to need to know this in the last days. And people go, Kent, what days are we in? Are we in the last days or the pre-last days? I said, I don't know, but I'm a pan-millennialist. They go, what is that? Pre-trip, post-trip. I said, it's all going to pan out in the end, and I'm going to be here serving God. Everybody say, I'm a pan-millennialist, friend. No, I don't. You fight all you want over the charts and ask it. I'm going to be here full out serving the Son of God. Say yes. Number four, two more left. Live the lifestyle. Everybody say lifestyle. lifestyle. Sweet Jesus, you got to help us right now. Jim, my son-in-law, senior pastor of our church, five years, a really smart kid. He's 33 now. Jessica's 33. We talk about the banners that were flown in the Jesus movement in the 60s, out of heaven and on the earth. Get in the spirit for a minute. The 70s, there were banners flown in heaven and flown on the, I mean, literally banner ministry, uh, Stephen Barry Griffin, and years ago, the National Worship Symposium, all this stuff. And then in the 80s, mega churches, the 90s, they don't still call it anything, I don't know. But there's one banner I know that has to be flown on the earth, and it's already being flown in heaven. There's no getting out of this. On the pots in Jerusalem and Judah and on the bridles of the horses, the bells on the bridles of the horses at the end of the age is written one phrase, holiness unto the Lord. Man, how can we be living our rated lifestyles? It's summer. Take your clothes off, grocery store, beach, mountains, hiking. It's just, if your grandparents were born again and, and they're home with the Lord and the Lord would allow them to come back for one week and walk with you in America right now, what would they say or have to say about our nation? You don't want to know. So God, we're, Jim and I, God, give it, how can we teach holiness unto you? And, you know, kind of righteous pride are easily people into Everybody say lifestyle. My wife, Carla, she's a gentle, I mean, compassionate bookkeeper, steady Eddie, totally opposite of me. You know, they find out that people, you marry your opposite because men try to cover their big fat rear end on their weakness as they marry a girl that helps them do that. And all the ladies said, amen. Right on, right, ladies? I, I'm, I'm admitting it straight up. I said, girl, you're like steady. I need somebody. I'm like visionary. I'm, let's go do it. No, stop. Let's figure out the plan. Shut up. I don't want a plan. I, I had to learn all that stuff, man. Even on church staffs. You know how that is right there. Anyway, she... she uh, she said a number of things. She goes, you know, Kent, homosexuality, the lesbian, lesbian, gay community, that's not the alternative lifestyle. It's living before Jesus. That's the real alternative lifestyle. Church people showing up at church 90 minutes once a week on a Sunday, it does not make you a deep believer. You're an outer court believer at best. Understand you're not living it. It takes a lifestyle. I live, a, I live different than everybody else. Uh, 09 September 
couple years ago, I'm sitting in our prayer room on a Tuesday night. The band's blast. It's awesome. This is beyond our, our weekend services and stuff. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, Kent, I want you to live monastically before me. That is monk and a, monks in a monastery. I know exactly because I was telling somebody this week, it, monastery, what, monastically, it means, I, I, I also want to do that. I, wouldn't it be great? I mean, Jan, wouldn't it be great as much as we talk and communicate and sing, wouldn't it be good to go away for 30 days on a retreat? I don't know if we can handle 30, but let's try two weeks. I mean, that you can actually shut down and be quiet. Have you ever done that, Dan? It's really hard to do in our society. But I said, God, I've already, I have three children. I had three grandchildren. How do you want me to live monastically in my society for you? He said, take some stuff out of the fire. Take some stuff off your plate. You're way too busy. He said, I want you to live before me, Mr. Worship Leader. I'm asking you, how busy? The stress load in America, again, back to your grandparents. They went to bed with the, the birds and up with the chickens. I mean, there's farming communities. It's all different. But to de-stress, we got the power of worship to do it. Everybody say, live the lifestyle. Say it, say it with me. They were set apart. Playing and singing from a place. I'm on number four, the top of page three. Playing and singing from a place of full attention and surrender. That's the only way I lead worship. That's really the only way I've ever done it. I mean, they can put TV cameras in my face and run in different things. You know, stuff goes on a meeting, people crying out. I don't care. You're not getting me off point. I've pretty much done that all my life. It's, it's August of, of 1974 I started leading worship. They found out I played guitar. So it's 37 years ago. Wow, that seems... Just like yesterday, doesn't it, Daniel? It's not. But now the multiplication, we've got to help our worship teams, worship leaders, just little by little transform into a very godly, righteous kind of lifestyle. Say yes. The last thing is the follow through actively doing priestly ministry. I want you to write a scripture out in the margin. You can study the rest on your, on your own in a minute. There's a scripture that we feel sums up our prayer room culture. Uh, also culture of prayer and worship and justice is first Peter two nine. Which when I came in today, I had to make phone calls this morning, I got here about nine thirty or so. Daniel's on on trans uh, he transferred us from the kingdom of darkness. There's four things every worship team is called to do do. It's in First Peter two nine. It's right there. It actually says, But you are to the whole body of Christ. He says, I, 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 I'm not asking you to become this. Or if, if one day you get good enough and you fast long enough, even though I believe in prayer and fasting big time, I think the church has got to get back into some of that and living before the Lord. But he says, you are these four things. You are my chosen generation. You are my Ashley, we're part of the royal priesthood in the New Testament, ministering under the King of glory. You are my holy nation. There's holiness under the Lord. And, and you are a a peculiar people, King James, it says, you're people of my own possession. If we can tip over our worship team a little bit, a little bit, a little bit by little bit, that, listen, we're going to be transformed. We're becoming this chosen by God generation of singers and musicians operating in prophetic worship and beyond. Secondly, do you understand the place of priestly ministry? We've got a ton of worship leaders. They have no idea of their spiritual warriors called the spiritual warfare. They couldn't do it to save their life. If you're in Africa and somebody manifested a demon and you had to deal with it, they couldn't do it. That's exactly right. But we got power. We'll sing it out of you. 
I don't have to, what is your name? And I ain't doing that. I'm like, come out. I'm going to use music. I'm going to use a three-stranded chord, which is music, the power of his word, and melody. I'm using that dude and spirit of God's on top of that. You're done. And that's what older, I'm 57. I don't want to be 47 anymore. Well, I'm 50. I just tell my birthday. I keep forgetting I'm 58. I don't want to be 28 or 38 anymore. I don't want to go back because I know stuff. My students, man, I looked at them. I love them so much. I'm a dad to them and all that. They're, I'm around 20, 18 to 28 year olds every day of my life anyway. Even in our prayer room, that's the kids that come home, schoolers and stuff. And they go, man, we really like you. I say, you do like me because I know stuff. You're just first time around the mountain, Jack. People go, I love you. They, they call me the beautiful man. I said, I am a beautiful man because I love Jesus, dude. And, and it's, you know, we got the power of this. Isn't that cool? I, I took that. And I said, that's my nickname. I'm a beautiful man for Jesus. But, but the First Peter 2, 9, we've got to help them see it's priestly ministry under the Lord. I know we've gone through phases teaching and then stuff, but enough said. Now, I'm going to stop just for a minute. Daniel can either come up and share his heart, or we can start in a question and answer. If it starts going really late, I'll stay to the rehearsal if, if you want. But you want to share first, and then maybe do? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just got a couple things I want to share with you guys. And first of all, you've all heard me talk about uh, what happened between uh, Kent and myself. Uh, what you don't know is that Kent and I were connected back from the early 80s. And uh, I... Uh, did a worship seminar at uh, Grace in Tulsa, and uh, Kent had Psalmist Magazine. How many remember the Psalmist Magazine? And, uh, man, <laughs> what, what year did you start that? Eighty-four, eighty-five, somewhere in there. And uh, he came to be a part of our, our seminar and, and had his uh, Psalmist Magazine table there at the back. And, and you know, God just was, it was connecting us by the Spirit. And uh, so anyway, lots of different things have happened over the course of, of the, those you know, years. But then last year, um, in about uh, July, uh, Kent calls me. And I'm standing in the middle of a garage in a multi-million dollar home with where all my product was. And I had a business doing faux finishing at the time and decorative painting. And... I'm standing in this multi-million dollar home. Uh, let me tell you about this garage just real quickly. He's like, what? You're going to tell me about the garage? This multi-million dollar home had an ice hockey arena on the end of the house. And in the garage was a Zamboni. A real Zamboni, which is the thing that they use to smooth the ice out. You know, those, those things, you know, that go around the arenas. You know, I'm standing next to the Zamboni when, when I get this call from Ken Henry. And uh, he was at a meeting up in Minnesota, I believe it was, and uh, up in Minnesota, uh, he's at this lunch meeting, and this lady who used to be in my choir at Grace is at this particular lunch meeting. Her name is Rita Davis, and she says to Kent Henry uh, something about what had just happened at this anniversary service that we had done for Bobby Andian, where I was invited to come back and and lead worship at this 30th uh, anniversary reunion thing. And uh, just talking about what God did during that service. And Kent says, I, w- how could I get a hold of him? I have a word from God for him. And I need to call him. And see, this is what I love about Kent. is This is not something that he puts on. This is who he is. He flows in this all the time. You've seen him at this conference talking to people in the hallways. I mean, it wouldn't matter if Kent ever got up on the stage. That's just his heart because he wants to impart 
his heart has always been for impartation. And he's such a father. And so anyway, um, he called and he said, uh, dude, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, I'm standing in a garage. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a garage. And uh, so anyway, we began to talk and share. And, and anyway, he said, uh, hey, listen, I got a word from God for you. I want to pray for you. And just, you know, kind of quickly uh, bottom lining the word from God that he had, he, he began to prophesy and, and declare open doors for me. And he said, man, this is, this is your season he said, I, I speak open doors for you. He said, we need you in the body of Christ. He said, if there was ever a time when we need fathers, it's now. And you're a father. You've always been a father. And he said, I speak open doors in the name of Jesus. And literally, two weeks later, Andrew Walmart called me and asked me if I would come and be a part of uh, the worship program and, and help Carol uh, lead worship uh, for this year. And uh, then that turned into eventually me being hired here on staff and look what the Lord is doing. But see, what I want to share about that is that God is raising up fathers and mothers in the body of Christ to be able to take the next generation to where we're going. And many of you are those people. You say, well, I'm not 50. I'm not 60. I'm not whatever. It doesn't matter. Just be what you are and who you are. And you know the scripture, but turn with me to the last book of the Bible, uh, of the Old Testament, sorry. Last book of the Old Testament. As I was sitting here listening to Kent and just being so blessed by his, uh, his ministry and uh, just who he is, I love the fact that he is not a carbon copy. He says in the book of Malachi in chapter 4, Verse 6, the hearts of the fathers are going to be turned toward the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Isn't it interesting that this is the last verse of the Old Covenant? And if there was ever a time when we needed to see multi-generational unity in the body of Christ, it's now. And so as I was praying about what to say about this today, just a few minutes ago, I feel like the, Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit said uh, to turn to 1 John. Just share a couple things. I'm not going to keep you long. 1 John chapter 3, especially as worship leaders. You know, like Kent said, we've, we've been around the block a time or two and have seen a lot of different things over the course of ministry. And uh, ministry is a wonderful thing, but it can also be a very interesting thing at times. And uh, depending on what kind of rejection you've gone through or uh, what kind of... Um, uh, boxes you've been placed into, um, sometimes restrictions are placed on your life, sometimes you know, misunderstandings develop, and well-meaning people, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, it, you know, we carry uh, things with us sometimes that we don't even know we're carrying. And we begin to view our people that we're ministering to through that grid of our misunderstanding. And it begins to skew us just a little bit. And sometimes we're not even aware. In fact, usually we're not aware. Someone has to come alongside and begin to um, help us get out of that thing. You know what I'm talking about? So in 1 John 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. 
Behold what manner of love. That we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now we know that that's going to have its ultimate fulfillment in heaven. But spiritually speaking... We're seeing that now. You know why? Because we have seen him. We know him. We don't know him as an orphan. We don't know him as a slave. We know him as a son. And God has not called us to be slaves and orphans. He's called us to be sons living in his house. And I feel like there are some of you here today who, because of the hits that have come against your life, and I'm speaking this because I've, I've been one of those people, I, I had some unbelievable hits against my life. To me, I'm, I'm the most amazed that I'm still standing. Let me tell you. If we had time to go into some details here, but we don't. But let me just tell you, it is by God's grace. It's always by God's grace. Amen? But what happens is we have to choose life in the midst of these situations that happen to us. And we've got to choose to just let it go. But how we do that is easier said than done. Amen? We've got to understand that we are sons and daughters living in the Father's house. We are not spiritual orphans or spiritual slaves. And here's what happens is many times through our brokenness, through the hits that have happened, through the misunderstandings, through the stuff, you know, we begin to internalize that, that there is something wrong with us. There's something out of place in us that somehow we are inferior. Somehow we do not have the same anointing that brother so-and-so has or sister so-and-so has. But First John 2.20 can't just minister to it. We have that anointing from the Holy One. We have that anointing from the Holy One. And we know all things. When you need to know it, it comes up from the inside. But if there's hurt and filters and blockages, that stuff cannot come up and out. And that's where we begin to see the issues arise. And so what happens is instead of the freedom of the Holy Spirit that Ken's talking about in being able to flow in this beautiful thing that we're, we're loving and talking about, we begin to kind of just dial it down a little bit. And so we back off a little bit because it's safer, Right? You know what I'm talking about? You just kind of play it safe. Vocally, you play it safe, you know, instrumentally. You play it safe spiritually. And you definitely play it safe emotionally. And so what happens is you begin to reduce the level of passion. You begin to reduce the level of anointing. It's not that it's less in you, but you're reducing it by restricting it. Because God wants to flow, but you're not letting it flow. And so here's what happens. We begin to minister out of an orphan mentality. We're always looking to belong. And we begin to seek for connection by what we're doing instead of connection by who we are. Instead of being sons and daughters, now it's all about I'm going to try to connect with you through what I'm doing. And we become spiritual slaves where I'm always looking for approval. You know, I'm, if, if I don't have the perfect worship service, I go home at the end of my worship service depressed. I mean, come on, I'm just being real. Have you ever been there? Yeah. 
You know, if everything didn't go just quite perfect, I go home kind of feeling like, man, I, I, I'm depressed. I, I don't have any anointing anymore. I don't know what's going on here. You know, and it's all performance based. And so we base our, our value on how we did instead of who we are. So a son knows they belong. A daughter knows they belong, man. They got a place, you know, they don't have to strive to belong. They just, that's who they are. And so one last thing about this, and then I just want to have a little time of ministry, uh, if that's okay. Uh, if you guys want that, if you, if you don't want it right now, uh, and need to go nap, that's ministry too. <laughs> Amen. But here, here's the other side of this deal, guys. The bottom line to what we do has to be the love of God. It's got to be it. Love even wins over truth. The Bible says, speak the truth in love. Okay? So you can take truth and you can use it like a sword. Even though it's the truth, you can end up cutting everybody with the truth. Because how many of you know the truth is designed to cut? It's a two-edged sword. But we're not to use it on one another. We're to speak the truth as a two-edged sword against the enemy. Amen. Not against our family. We're supposed to speak the truth in love. And so when God gives you a revelation, God gives you a doctrine, make sure that, you know, all that that contains doesn't become about you being right and everybody else being wrong. That's the danger in walking in what we're getting ready to walk in here. You know what I'm saying? So just a word of caution, because the love of God has to be the foundation that we allow the truth to flow out from. So if somebody sees something a little differently than we see it, Man, don't cut them off. Don't cut them down. They know in part. We all know in part. And we're all in the process of growing. But man, at this point, we've got to understand that it's the love of God that's going to be the basis for us because we are sons living in the Father's house. And there's going to be someone that God's going to connect you to that you're going to be a father and a mother to. Whether you're a son right now, a daughter right now, and you kind of see yourself that way, God's going to raise you up to be a mom and a dad to somebody else. And that's exactly what we need more than ever before we need it now. Uh, I sense that there's some of you in this room today that really feel like you've been in that place of performing for approval. You've been distrusting authority. Man, this whole issue for you of submitting to a pastor has been completely scary. Because every pastor you've ever submitted to has just been kind of a control thing. For you, it's been like, you know, this person just is wanting to control me. This person's wanting to, you know, whatever. I'm telling you, God is here to break that stuff off of you today. You do not have to live with that stuff any longer in Jesus' name. This is your day. This is your hour to fully embrace who God has made you to be. Because if there was ever a time for us to rise up and take our place as worship leaders... We've got to do it right now by the Spirit of God, in the love of God, and understand that this is our time. This is our day. Amen? By the Spirit of God. So if that's you today, I just want to invite you to come on up here and just receive ministry. 
And uh, let's just deal with this thing today and cut this thing off. If you feel like you're a slave, spiritually speaking, you're always working for approval. If you feel like you're an orphan, that you never really belong, you never really know where your place is, you're always trying to seek where that is, come on, man, get prayer. Get ministry today because God's here to break that stuff off of you. Hallelujah. Let's just take care of that right now in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. those of you who are watching online, if you're still watching, are we still live feeding? Uh, We just want to encourage you also, same thing, even though you're not here physically. If that's been you and we've been speaking to you today, I speak to you now in the name of Jesus and I break that stuff off of you right now in Jesus' name. I declare that that no longer has any place in your life. For the word of God will be effective in you and the word of God will be effective through you because we are going to speak the truth in love to our generation. And so we just say praise the Lord and pray with us as we minister here in the, in the auditorium. We're so glad you joined with us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, if we would just kind of leave this up, I'll put it on the pulpit.
worship prayer weekends. And on the last seat, there are some cards. If you give me your church name, where you're from, give me all the pertinent information. We'll pray about coming to your church or city or area. There are the uh, big cards on the end there. Um, if you, well, there's a couple of churches I'm already going to. It's going to be pretty powerful. Larry's church is what I've been. If you want to give me your church information, make sure you put your name, your pastor's name, cell phone number and stuff. If you'd raise your hand. If you give me your church information, fill that out. And then I want you to just, you can give it at the tape table tonight or whatever. But I, I, I keep those in a special file. So if you want to give me your church information, we'll, we do a Friday night, a Saturday half-day seminar and stuff on Sunday. Plus, there's a number of CDs. Um, Speak to the Dreams uh, is my son-in-law CD. We did three nights of worship, took the best of that. Uh, 